0: Hi, this is Andrew Whitaker. It is Friday, November 15th, 2019. We are getting close to the end of the semester. We've only got a couple of events left uh, on our Thursday speaker series, um, but we were very excited to have Professor Eric Klopfer give his first talk as CMSW department head, which was some great timing because yesterday was also our information session for the Comparative Media Studies graduate program. Uh, if you wanted to attend that or couldn't view the live stream, the archived video is either now or just about available on cmsw.mit.edu. And it's always worth mentioning that for pretty much every event that we host during the semester, we do a audio recording like this one. So if you'd like to catch up on other recent ones, you have things like Anushka Shah uh, with her talk, How Entertainment Can Help Fix the System. There's longtime CMS professor William Arikio with his talk, Why Co-Create and Why Now? Reports from a Field Study. We just had a big event last week with an event co-hosted with MIT's program in Science, Technology, and Society uh, on Artificial Intelligence and Modern Warfare. Back within our own department, uh, preceding that was Vivek Bald with If I Could Reach the Border. Um, these are all available on our website on a SoundCloud account. And if you uh, prefer to make your downloads from iTunes, you can find it there as well. As far as the schedule for the rest of the semester, we have a talk next Thursday. Then there is Thanksgiving, um, so we'll be off that week. And then we conclude with a talk by our professor T.L. Taylor. We always hope you can make it here on campus in person, but if not, just stick with this podcast. And okay, here's Eric.
1: I've only been to a few of these uh, this semester, so uh, I think I'm gonna break format a little bit from what's been the sort of traditional talk. Um, I will give like about 15 minutes of traditional talk, um, and then we're gonna play a game, uh, and that could take, it could take 20 minutes or that could take an hour, depending on how it goes. So um, if there's time to fill, I'll talk some more at the end. If not, um, what will the game will sort of roll into a conversation about games more generally. So that's my plan. Um, Although we were debugging the game as of 20 minutes ago, so (laughs) we'll see, the game could be shorter than that. Uh, So let me start out. Um, uh, So I'm Eric, for those of you that don't know me, I'm a professor and I run the teacher education program and the Education Arcade, I'm also head of CMS. Um, This is about my lab, Um, our goal in STEP, which stands for the Scheller Teacher Education Program and T, which stands for the Education Arcade. Um, Our goal is to make playful and meaningful learning experiences using the the affordances of new technologies. And we do sort of three big things there. Um, We design and create experiences. um, We implement and scale experiences. So that is we go out into schools, we work sometimes with networks of schools or countries or states to try to do things at some sort of scale. Um, And finally, we develop capacity for more experiences. So we also work with other organizations to help them Um, develop new educational technologies in a paradigm that roughly follows our paradigm. A little bit of context, so so some of these things, specifically starting with this idea of designing and creating experiences, involves this process um, known as design-based research. Um, And for those of you that don't know design-based research, this is a basic introduction to design-based research. Um, The idea is that you start with some sort of analysis of practical problems. Um, so when we do this work, we typically are working with teachers in schools and figuring out what are the issues that they're facing. Now that doesn't mean we sort of come in with a blank slate and say like, tell me about your problems and then maybe we can solve them because maybe we have the skills to do that because we have a certain set of skills, a certain set of interests that come in. So we often are, have a, a sort of like some ideas, some general kinds of ideas that we have in mind. Um, but we then sort of want to talk with practitioners to think about whether um, the kinds of ideas that we have in mind are sort of aligned with the kinds of things that they're thinking about. And, um, and so then we have a, a dialogue about that. We try to find where the place is that meets between our interest and expertise and their problems. Um, we, inv- it involves development of potential solutions. So we think about what are the different ways we might solve that problem. Um, iteratively testing and redesigning in practice. And I think this is, we think about this is where we spend the most of our time, um, is, is in that process of trying something out in a classroom, um, trying it out with some students, trying it out with some teachers, um, seeing what happens, getting feedback on that, and then getting that, taking that feedback back into the process and redesigning it. And then finally, the process of reflecting to distill design principles. So um, I'll talk a little bit, I think at some point, about um, our work on um, Resonant Games, which is about a collection of ideas that takes some of those dis- principles that we've distilled from a lot of work that we've done and tries to make some general principles that other people can um, use as design principles in their own work. Um, So that's the basic process. And we have lots of arrows between these because it's not a linear process. We don't start here and then end there, um, but we sort of keep iterating between those different parts of the process. Okay, um, so this is uh, a a now dated framework, but I still use it. Um, There's lots of other frameworks like this that are talking about what are the kinds of skills we want kids to be learning today in schools and out of school on their own. Um, this one's from the Partnership for 21st Century Skills. Um, it was from 2007, um, but there's things that look like roughly like this today. Uh, and uh, uh, I'm often uh, made aware that the fact that we are talking about 21st century skills and the 21st century is now 20% over, um, and we're sort of still talking about creating these, these things, so I think we'll probably do for the next decade. Uh, it's hard to see that there, so I'll call out a few things that are sort of in this middle space here. Um, and this middle space here is, are things like critical thinking, communication, collaboration, and creativity. Um, And we don't see a lot of those things um, in schools. Now, certainly we can walk into some schools and see some of those things being developed and seeing them be high priorities, but in many or I would say most schools, um, those are are deprioritized in favor of um, uh, basic knowledge and skills that they're trying to teach, which are a part of this framework as well. Uh, so where do we see these things? Well, we see these things in games. Um, so games like Monument Valley, where you're trying to uh, think critically about solving problems. Um, Fortnite, where you, you can tell which teams are communicating with their, um, with their peers and which ones are not um, because they die really quickly if you don't communicate very well. Um, it's about collaboration, Sea of Thieves, um, where you sort of have to work with other people to, to become a pirate. Uh, and creativity, uh, you think about things like Roblox, where kids are building things and sharing them with other kids. So uh, a lot of these practices, kids are participating in outside of school, um, but very much um, uh, sort of I- I- in inequity. There's a lot of inequity here because some kids are doing a lot of this, some kids have a lot of support for doing this, other kids have none of this. Um, so, um, so we're seeing a lot of um, imbalance in the way that kids are experiencing these things. Um, if you take my spring class on, video, on educational video games, you'll see some of this book. It's sort of the, I think one of the seminal books for how we think about educational games today. Uh, Jim Gee's book, What Video Games Have to Teach Us About Learning and Literacy. Um, the book actually is not about educational games. It's about games um, and how we think about the principles that are in those games and apply them to other situations um, in learning. Um, and some of those could be educational games that learn from those principles. Um, in his case, though, he's even talking about it, sort of any kind of instructional um, experience that you might um, glean some of these, uh, these principles from. So things about learning in semiotic domains. So as we think about things, we think about the, the context that they have, the language that they have around them. And in games, we have to learn some of those new contexts and new language. Um, and kids acquire those, those things as they play those games. And we can think about how we create experiences outside of games that sort of do similar, similar sets of things. Um, so this is a, a set of some of the principles that he has in there. I think he has like 50 or 60. Uh, there's a fair bit of research on, uh, on learning in games, both sort of games that have been designed explicitly for learning as well as games that people play and what they might learn from those games. Um, so this is uh, looking at people just playing games and their impact of, those, of playing those games on some of their 21st century skills as defined earlier. Um, and you know, this is a meta study and something like 85% of the, 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 the studies had showed a significant impact on 21st century skills. Uh, this one's just from a few years ago. Uh, we can look at things like what people are learning as they play those games. Now, some of these are sort of um, uh, sort of somewhat rudimentary things like focusing attention, efficiency of processing, important things, but not necessarily the kinds of things that I'd necessarily put in 21st century skills, uh, but it also includes things like problem solving, creativity, um, social and emotional skills as well. Uh, and um, we're seeing a lot more emphasis on trying to think about social emotional learning um, in lots of different learning contexts today. Uh, not all games, so this isn't to say like all games are great. Um, some people might make that argument, I'm not one of those people. All games are not great. All games do not lead to learning. Uh, and if, certainly educational games within that space, we don't think about that that way. Um, and this is a, sort of a nice graph showing some of the things that we think are useful what are, what are, from some of those studies. What are some of the things that are useful in helping to promote learning and what are some of the things that are less useful. So multiplayer games might be better than single player games. Pro-social content better than anti-social content. Uh, Immersive long form games being better than repetitive short form games and things like that. So uh, what does creative thinking look like today? Um, So sometimes it looks like this, Um, kids playing Minecraft. Um, Sometimes it looks like this, it's just gonna run. Uh, It's better when it runs, there we go. Um, for those of you who have played Fortnite, this is, this is not, it looks like it's on a loop, but it's not on a loop. Um, so it's someone building and um, moving at the same time, and it just sort of makes me a little bit dizzy. I can't look at it too long. <laughs> uh, uh, but the kind of things you need to think about in, in even, even games like this, where you're sort of thinking about your position relative to other players, um, how you uh, prioritize building and shooting other people and moving around, hiding, etc., cetera, um, really shows a lot of kind of creative thinking that you need to do to do this well. Uh, so creative play, um, sometimes looks like this. Uh, you know, these are these are different kinds of games, uh, video games. Uh, so this is Motion Math, which is a game for kids about mathematics. Um, but uh, World of Warcraft, this is, uh, this is my favorite game in the uh, Rovio series, the Angry Bird series, which is called Bad Piggies. You, uh, has anybody played Bad Piggies? Nobody's played Bad Piggies? It's, it's the, probably the best game I found in that series. The idea is that you're taking the perspective of the pigs and you're trying to protect the pigs from the birds at this point. Um, and you have to build all these contraptions to help them sort of move and get away. So there's all these sort of engineering principles you have to learn about springs and air pressure, and all the other things as you have to do it. Um, and one of the interesting things about this game is that um, you, uh, you can build whatever you want in sort of like a sandbox. Um, and when you try to do that, when you try to move directly into the sandbox, it's very hard to build something in the sandbox because you don't know what all the parts do or how they work together, what all the different principles are. Um, and the game sort of takes you through a very sort of um, discreet and targeted set of uh, goals like in most of the Angry Bird games. Um, you know, use these three parts to get to this, to this goal. Um, and through that process, you sort of learn about what the different parts are. And then you can actually, when you get back in the sandbox, you can actually then, you can be constructive and build whatever you want, but now you've learned about what those things do. And I think it's a nice demonstration of sort of a really heavily scaffolded learning in terms of how you think about learning each one of those parts do, and then how you then apply that um, in a place that's much more creative and constructive. Um, Video games aren't where all the action's at. Um, There's a lot of stuff that's happening in the space of tabletop games. Um, I think there's been a lot of resurgence in tabletop games in the last, oh, half dozen or maybe 10 years. Uh, are so due to things like Kickstarter and a lot of the places where you can print your own uh, games in sort of small batches. Um, so we're starting to see a lot of uh, new kinds of tabletop games that are exhibiting some of these same principles. And in many ways, actually, as we think about schools, a lot of teachers are more amenable to the ideas of thinking about the ways they implement tabletop games and video games um, because these don't crash. So, um, and uh, you don't have to worry about access and things like that. So. Um, I've been talking a lot about the games, um, and I have, made, I have given some examples, but when some people think about games, um, they think about something like this. It's something that boys play in basements, uh, and they eat Doritos and drink Mountain Dew, and they shoot each other, um, and that is some of what video games are. Um, uh, and when they think of learning games, they say, okay, well, we're gonna figure out some way to make this thing educational, um, and so I'm gonna stick some educational content in here. He's asking how many volts his laser cannon needs to kill three times six opponents. Um, <laughs> Uh, but this is not what we mean by games or by certainly by educational games. Um, I think that the, and I have to be, I, I met the guy who created this game, so <laughs> recently he was on campus. But I'm still gonna uh, sort of talk about it. Um, I think a lot of that notion of how we think about educational games comes from what I think is one of the best-selling educational games of all time. It's been uh, around in many forms over decades now. Uh, It's called Math Blaster, and the idea is, it may be hard to see from the back there, but you have a bunch of math problems, and they're floating around in the sky, and the idea is that if you match the math problem at the top of the screen to one of the things that are floating around, then the thing explodes. Um, And the idea here is that that's, you're getting rewarded for sort of getting that fact right. Um, And there's two things that are are true here. So one is that the the game is the reward for learning, um, and the second is that the game itself is sort of totally decoupled from the educational content here. So uh, this game is about math problems floating around the sky, but it could be chemistry problems, it could be history problems, it could be language that you're learning. Like the the gameplay and the, and the educational content are completely divorced from each other, which I think shows that it's just sort of something that's superficial about the game. And this is what's come to be known as chocolate covered broccoli. Uh, so the broccoli is the thing that you get um, that you want kids to do. It's the thing that, that's, um, that's good for them and uh, chocolate is the thing that's, um, that, they w- that they wanna do. It's, it feels like it's fun, and that's the game content here, and you put them together, and it's something that kids will do. That's the theory anyway. Um, and, uh, and it is true, I think. Um, you can sort of see that kids will actually um, play these games sometimes. Um, we have MIT students who sort of, I ask, and they, oh, Math Blaster, that was so much fun. Maybe it was that they were good at math, typically, <laughs> and so they were rewarded for being good at math, um, and so that feels really good. Um, but in most cases, what it does is it sort of gets people to sort of play for a little while um, and, uh, and maybe, maybe do some mathematics, but it doesn't really promote healthy learning. It doesn't pre, uh, pre, uh, promote an appreciation about what that mathematics is. Um, and when the chocolate goes away, we know what happens. People stop doing the practice. Um, as my colleague Scott, who many, who many of you know, says, um, this is actually teaching kids that math is something you should only do when you have a reward for it. So in fact, in many ways, it's counterproductive to what we want to do, it's teaching kids, okay, math is something that's terrible, um, it's boring, and if you want to do it, then you, we're gonna need to give you some reward for doing it. Um, instead, we should be thinking about um, learning being playful, um, so I think about this as some sort of like, hybrid much more uh, between Uh, the chocolate and the broccoli here, um, and we should be much more creative about the way we think about those and have them much more closely linked. I mean, I will cite here Scott's game, um, The Logical Journey of the Zumbinis as being a great example of that. Um, How many of you have played the Zumbinis? A few of you, good. (laughs) This is one of the best math games of all time. Um, It's a math game and you will never see a math problem on the screen. Um, So the math is sort of embedded within the world. It's about a world full of problems that have mathematical basis. Um, and the way that you succeed in the game is by helping to solve those math problems and applying them in that context. Um, and in this case, you can't make the game, this cannot be a game about chemistry without entirely reworking the game. And this game is about mathematics because um, those, that's the problem space you're working in. Um, so I'll add so the, the, this notion also comes with this idea that, and, and I, I, I think there's probably many gamers in the room or people who would identify themselves as such, and I'm very broad in the way that I define that term. Um, I often will ask at teacher conferences, I'll say like, um, are any of you gamers out there? And I'll get like three people to that raise their hands. I'm like, well, how many of you play sort of casual games on your phone? And they like, like get lots of hands at that point. And they sort of don't identify those as games. They think that's not what I'm talking about. But of course, and that's, that's equally as valid a genre of gaming as others. Uh, but people think about the joy of gaming looking like this, that like when I'm having fun playing a game, I must be throwing my hands in the air and smiling and having a really great time. That's what, that's what gaming fun looks like. Um, But in fact, it really looks like this. Um, This is, uh, these are two faces from a a photo essay that's now, uh, I don't think you can find it anymore, but someone did a a photo essay on faces of gamers. So the the light you see on their screen is from a screen as they're playing a video game. And this is what it looks like. Um, uh, Some people call this pleasant frustration, Um, it's what Seymour Papert called hard fun. The idea being that you're having fun not in spite of what you're doing being hard, but because it's hard. You wrestle with some challenging problem, and the fun comes from overcoming that challenge. It doesn't come from some reward being displayed to you on the screen, but it comes from the inherent solving of of a challenging problem. This is also, that's my kid up there at PAX East, I think last year, uh, with a similar kind of face. Um, is about the principle of the zone of proximal development? Anybody with there Was that a hand back there? <laughs> so the zone of proximal development. So the idea is you have, um, you have a set of things that you can't do or won't do. That's the sort of red region here. Um, and you have a set of things that you can do or will do totally by yourself without any help or support. Um, and then you have this yellow zone here, which are the things that you can do um, or will do with some help. Uh, And the idea in the zone of proximal development is that you want to, and this is where the best learning happens. It happens in that yellow space here. When you are supported, you're doing things that are just out of your reach, and then with some some help and support, you can actually solve those problems. Um, And that help can come from sort of peers and colleagues. Um, It can help, it can come from a system that's sort of supporting you as you try to solve those problems. And what games do is they try to keep you in that zone of proximal development. If a game is too hard, um, you'll leave because it's not that much fun. If a game is too easy, you'll also leave because it's also not that much fun. Um, so this is also where the most fun is. The most fun is in that space where you're sort of continually being challenged, um, but you learn enough from playing the game that you sort of succeed and then can sort of move and you, the idea is that this kind of green zone can keep increasing. You, the things you can do by yourself increase over time. Um, if Scott, if, correct, if some of you may have seen, this is Scott's slide, so I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna steal this from him, but I really like this. And um, so the idea of the fun of structure is that um, uh, we argue that some sort of uh, goal-oriented, feedback-driven situations can be fun, and actually structure can add to that. Um, we, we willingly submit to some sort of arbitrary set of rules in games um, if we can sort of do so in, the, in a playful way. Um, and this is the part that is, that's mine. Um, so, uh, so in golf, um, these are the pictures of mine, the metaphor is his. In golf, we know that actually the, what you have to do, you have a little ball, you have to get into a hole really far away, you have to hit it with a big stick, um, that's the rules. Um, even though we know it's much easier um, to pick up the ball and put it in the hole, right? But we don't do that because that's not actually that much fun because it's not, it's sort of in that green zone. It's things you can, that are really easy. The idea is you wanna keep things in that yellow zone of the things that are sort of just out of your reach and, and, and it's still challenging. Um, so I, I think about sort of five principles um, in terms of structuring games. And I'm gonna revisit these sort of as I think about um, the game that you're gonna play in a little bit. Um, The first of those is interesting decisions. Um, So Sid Meier who created Civilization um, came up with this idea and he says this is what games are all about. It's a series of interesting decisions. Um, And it's not just decisions, so I'm not just flipping a coin and having to guess heads or tails. um, But in fact, I have some information about what goes into that decision so I can make an informed decision. That's what makes it interesting. Um, I have consequences to those decisions so I can either be punished or rewarded based on what happens in that situation. I have some clearly defined goals, um, and I make sure that word is plural. Um, you have some sort of set of rules or constraints, um, but, uh, but ideally a, a game's gonna provide you with multiple goals and each player can prioritize those goals differently. And finally, uh, sorry, the next one is visible measurable feedback. Some people think about this as score, a single metric that you have in a game. Um, and finally, underlying model or system. Um, again, with feedback, more, more sets of feedback are better. So having uh, some sort of metric about your health and your wealth and your gear that you've collected and your friends, the network that you have. All those things are things that you can be thinking about and each person might prioritize those differently. Uh, and then you can have things that are more or less gamey along this axis here. Um, and it's something any, anybody might sort of take any of those things and turn them more into a game by adding some of those facilities themselves. You may have done this yourself. You're doing some task. And you sort of think about some metrics that you're, that you're going to have, some goals that you have, some decisions that you have. So you turn something else into a game by sort of adding some of these structures around it. Okay. Um, so the game you're about to play, um, it's a, a long series of games, and I'll get into some of the history in a little bit. Um, but it's the idea that there's these whole class participatory simulations. So they are games that you play as a collective group. Um, you you play them face to face. So you're playing with other people in real time. Um, They're all based on role play and systems, so I'm thinking about some role that I have inside of here, but there's some sort of system that we're gonna be modeling. Uh, I'll talk about some of the details of how we design these, but the idea is that they're supposed to be easy for teachers to do, um, fun for students to do, um, and be about collaborative problem solving. So with that, um, it's going to be time to play. So what you're gonna do is take out uh, a phone, (laughs) if you have one. Um, If you don't have a phone, I have brought some tablets with me, and you can borrow one of these and they'll work just fine. So if you need a device, um, just borrow it from me. If you are on an iPhone, you must use Safari. You cannot use Chrome. If you're on iOS, do not use Chrome. It will not work. Um, If you're on on Android, um, then you can use Chrome. You should use Chrome. Okay, once you're in your web browser, you should go to the address psims, P-S-I-M-S um, when I do start the game, which I will in just a couple minutes, what's gonna happen is I'm gonna ask everybody to get up and move around. This is a game where you get up and move around. The idea on this, when, you, when the game starts, it's a very simple interface. You're gonna see a screen that has um, an avatar on it, which is you. It's just a randomly generated avatar. Um, and then there's gonna be two bars at the top of the screen, one that says meet and one that says be met. Um, and you'll see a QR code on your screen at all times. You're gonna go around and meet other people, and your goal is to go around and meet other people, you're gonna hit the meet button, one person hits the meet button, that'll bring up their camera on their phone, and they scan the QR code on the other person's phone, and that will be a meeting. You, you only have to do it in one direction, if so, if I meet you, Andrew, you also meet me. Um, and the idea is you, and you'll keep a list of all the people who you've met, um, and, and that'll be the, that's the main part of the game. But your goal, you have a goal, your goal is to meet as many people as possible without getting sick, <laughs> without getting sick. So at some point in the game, it may happen that some people get sick and you'll know you are sick because a little thing will pop up on your screen saying you're sick, your background, which is normally green, will turn to red. On some phones, it'll play a sound. Um, you'll know and, you're, and you're, your face will start crying. You're sad that you're sick. Um, <laughs> So your goal is meet as many people as possible without getting sick. All right, why does everybody find their seats again? (laughs)
2: Find your seats.
1: Find your seats, or find a seat. You can play musical chairs at the same time. All right. So I'll ask. I'll ask a couple different questions to start. So who met the most people? Eighteen.
3: 18?
1: Anybody eighteen. Anybody meet more than eighteen? 20. 20. 20. 20. Twenty. Twenty-two. 22? Twenty-seven. Did I hear 27? twenty-seven? Twenty-seven. Oh. Okay. Now I'm going to ask the second question. Who met the many, most people without getting sick? Uh, I met about twenty. Uh, twenty. And did you get sick? Yeah, eventually. Eventually. But how about so? Who's who's not sick? Me. Just one person.
2: Oh, wow. wow. It's my immune system. <laughs> twenty. Okay. Twenty-two people got sick.
1: Okay. Um, so what what, what what do people think happened? What observations did you have?
3: It was creepy, the way the sick people
1: were shunned. Sick people were shunned, uh-huh. Uh huh.
3: <laughs> they kind of self
4: I noticed sick like, people started to self, uh, <laughs> self-quarantine. The sick people we can meet each other if we have not met each other yet.
1: So there was some sort of self quarantine?
0: Uh huh. Uh-huh. I started risking
2: it and seeing like, okay, let's see if, if I <laughs> meet a sick person while I get sick and I didn't decide. Yeah, it was okay. difficult
0: to tell where the sickness
2: originated from because I wasn't getting sick after I met someone it was sort of random.
1: Okay, you're you assuming that it originated from somewhere. Mm. That's a hypothesis you yeah, have.
2: Yeah, but it's I, hard to tell whether. I hypothesize that it originated from our corner because they all just at
1: the same time. Yeah, you all, so where, where was, so, um, uh, so we have hypotheses already um, yes. Virus started somewhere, uh, in some corner. Uh,
4: start healthy? What'd you say? Does everyone
0: start
1: healthy? Did anybody start sick? Okay, so we observed that, nobody started sick.
0: I noticed one person got sick not immediately after, like there, there was a delay between connected yes. yeah. like with somebody and then somebody yeah. Yeah. It
4: started here. That uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> was an incubator period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: incubation uh, seems like a thing.
2: Was it predetermined who would become sick? It's
1: a good question. <laughs>
0: That's
1: a hypothesis.
0: pre we talking about fate? Like I mean, like, is a- there a, I didn't
1: get after. Don't so tell tell me more about predetermination. What would that mean? Like, like. Everybody, like, so The one, I, one interpretation of that would be, um, at the beginning of the game, everybody gets a random time and it's like we see like, okay, you know, you got a minute in and you got two minutes in and you got three minutes in and other people got a minute and a half in. Is that, is that what yeah. you Okay, okay. So basically everybody starts with something and it's just a matter of waiting and maybe yours is just a really long time. Okay, it's a good hypothesis.
2: Top person and the person that's in last place of meeting is the one that got sick. So like if if you if you have like the least people that you met, you're the one that got sick in the list of people that are still healthy. I don't know if I'm explaining. This yeah, so say explaining say
1: the low
3: performers.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> so say say this again.
2: So it's like in your list of twenty people,
1: you have a list of twenty people. Okay. The,
2: you have only I mean you're in twentieth place at the end of that round. There's only going to be nineteen people, healthy people left so
1: you're gonna be the sick
2: one. I see. And after that,
1: there's gonna be 18, 17. I see, and, and, and by round, you mean just after like a number of meetings or something yeah, like that? Meeting okay, meeting. okay, uh, so it um, uh, has to do with the yeah. order of or meetings.
2: Yeah. meetings. <laughs> <laughs> other,
1: other either observations or hypotheses? Yep, back there.
2: People you meet, even healthy people, you're more likely to get sick.
1: Okay. Meeting more people more likely to get sick, Mm -hmm. okay?
2: I noticed that people who looked like me, my avatar, were also getting sick.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't
2: notice any (laughs) redheads. Who thinks they met the fewest
4: number? Yeah.
1: Yeah, who met the fewest? Good question. Who Who met five or less? Who met 10 or less? Who met 15 or less? I met 15. 15? Or 15? 14. 14? 12, and you're all sick, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay.
3: There was a definite effect of like, don't
1: talk to this person, just keep going.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was an antisocial.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean in terms of uh, what?
3: We were, we were told to acquire quantity, Yep. Mm-hmm. Not quality. So
1: that was, Observation.
3: Wow. OK. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you, but you had to pay attention to the people you met so that you didn't ask the same person to do again. Although there was no yeah, information about did. whether you could just meet do, one. Did anybody
1: try to meet the same person twice? Yes. yes. Yeah. And what happens? You got a duplicate meeting. So you can you can try, but nothing happens.
2: Perhaps it's times <clears throat> you've met versus I mean versus being met. Oh, okay. Uh, what our survivor did that nobody else did, right? Or did you meet? Did you meet? I, I met and got met. <clears throat> I mean, my group, who met our survivor?
4: Like, Is there like a show of
3: What's your I
4: name? i got. a i Boss, Liz, <laughs>
2: Columbia, Andrew, Merrill, Liz. Magnus, Steve, Did
3: anyone like, accidentally um, meet somebody who was sick? Like who didn't intend to and then they met them and then they got sick? I <coughs> met <of> people <coughs> who were who sick calls, on
2: purpose because that was me. More- <coughs>
1: <laughs>
3: I, met, I, met
2: sick people. No, I think I got met by sick
1: people. You got met by sick people. No, I think I but you didn't meet them, okay. So that, 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 has, that sort of seems to have something to do with this ratio being yeah. that term, that, or sort of being met to met or order, of, order of, of meeting versus being met.
4: There was a hypothesis around me that I was like a carrier because I wasn't, I wasn't sick,
1: but everyone who met me, like by scanning my code, was getting sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, patience, you. <laughs> um, so the idea is you could transmit without being sick. Is there another hand back there?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, oh
1: yeah. so, so maybe... Maybe, I, maybe I, was, uh, I was, immune, but I was carrying
2: a... thank you. I I Yeah, I don't
3: think mm. so, bad. Sure. No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> What <laughs> <laughs> okay. let <try. laughs> <laughs> will you. okay. curious. Right. Uh, so well,
1: oh, I'm still.
2: Yep. <gasps> yeah, but there was a delay. The, so yeah, there's there's a, right.
3: if
2: I met Ben. Before, oh, so I could maybe keep maybe it could people. Keep the yeah. Any
1: keep any safe. other hypotheses that people have?
2: Yeah, I, I think I everything.
1: Already... All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that so. Um, the, one, more. Oh, one more. Sorry.
4: Getting sick was random.
1: Getting sick is random.
4: It was yeah. Like you know, X, you know, for each player set some random timer, and after X minutes in the game, that out there.
1: those are different. So there's there's different ways of sort of having that random. So it could be could be time, it could be number of meetings. There's different ways, or and, and, and the number of meetings could be different for each people. given the distribution mm-hmm. of the room.
4: Mm-hmm. I got sick uh, after 16 meetings,
1: and that was when I met then on the list. So maybe not had it. Okay. <laughs> how, many, how many people, oh, so the question is, how many people do you think you met before you got sick? So how many people think, how many people met five or fewer people before getting sick? You met, you met five or fewer before getting sick? Five. How many people met eight or fewer before getting sick? Just two people? So you and you, how many people met 10 or less before getting sick? We're starting to get it there. What
4: was your handle? What, me? Theoretical, no, the theoretical carrier. What was your handle? <laughs> <laughs> theoretical <laughs> carrier. Theoretical <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: carrier. We have to come up with language that, that we can use that means something here, whether it's a, yeah. coming in from outside, that's, that's part of what this is about. So we're coming up with language that we can use to talk about hypotheses. Yeah, not on my list. I don't not on your list. Okay, so I'm gonna say that, I'm gonna give you um, some information that we can reset this. So we can start again at the very beginning and run this again. And that everything I'll say is exactly the same as it was the first time. So if we, if we did that, which we will, what would, you, what would you do this time that would be different? We'll faster. How, how about, uh, there's a lot of ideas, so people I raise their hands. Can get met and
2: not meet.
1: How can I, you can't only get met and not meet.
2: Well, I mean, they, you know, just put your middle of the table
1: and But somebody, but somebody has to do the meeting. Like
2: yeah, yeah, no, other exactly. So like other people other people. People. Oh, no. oh, you, you in, in particular. So yeah. You yeah. in particular. Yeah. So the idea is yeah, you in particular would, would, right. would only
1: yeah. be yeah. met. Okay. Good. Yes. It depends on
2: the objective, right? I mean, what is the objective of the game? Like not getting sick of meeting most people. The objective is not meeting people, I would just not meet anybody. Yeah, be <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, the> What <Yeah>. so so yeah. yeah.
1: right? You so tell three. me what's motivating you right now?
2: Not getting sick.
1: Not getting sick, okay. A face
2: on my face. <laughs> because it seems like, at least the way we are portraying it is like the the person who did, did, did not get sick won. So I don't know who's the winner of when the games end.
0: So
2: we
1: should set
2: uh, a point in uh, when the games end. <laughs> right. Okay. Yep. We were just talking about
4: setting up an experiment of some kind, even if it's like subgroups of people like, doing different kinds of things to see which of these hypotheses. Okay,
1: like give, give me an example of one of those kinds of things.
4: I mean, like in terms of, if we think that there's a carrier or something like that in any given group, it could be having them or having, I, I don't know, like limiting the, the kinds of, like everything was random, but so even just lining up and saying like, okay, you meet everyone and see
1: what happens. Okay. Or something like that. Okay, so we could, we could yeah. say like, yeah. if we think you're the, you're the carrier or something like that, you could go a down the line. Or if we think you're the carrier, Ben, and we could go down the line and everybody, meet everybody. Yep.
2: Um, communicate information more, like, so as soon as I get sick, I just tell everyone I'm sick, so that people know that I'm sick. Uh,
1: okay, so that's, that's, getting, that's sort of enforcing this sort of self-quarantine idea that people seem to just intuitively do the first time.
2: You can say I'm sick, and then say who are the last people that you?
1: Okay, or make a note of that at least. Yep. Yep.
2: I think
4: self-quarantine is a wrong metaphor. I think informed consent is a better metaphor. Informed because consent. Lots of people were willing to, to do the meet once I told them I was sick.
1: Uh-huh. And
4: I, I I don't think of that as a quarantine. I think of that as informed
1: consent. Uh-huh. Interesting. So so you yeah uh, there's some transparency there. Just you're sort of saying uh-huh. this is this is why I, if you'd like to meet me that's fine. Uh-huh. Yep
4: where nobody met anyone, just to see what happened. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. We well
0: are coming yeah. yeah.
4: into yeah.
3: maybe four groups, right? So, like, it's one group where nobody meets anybody. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So, the, so we
4: just take it random random. Okay. And then we have one group where we have our antibody, right? Is it possible that the antibody catches? Is it possible that the antibody would get sick anyway? Like, if they, there's, like, five people around him, and then one with our
2: carrier. And, and then we'll control.
1: It's just, you know, normal. That we have. OK, so th- there's. But th- but th-
2: I think it would reset. Like, I, I wouldn't so, have
1: so, so there's. Oh. I'm telling you, I, I, the conditions will be the same at the beginning of this next one as the conditions are the same as the, the last one. That's all. That's how I'll describe it. So the uh, proposal on the table is split up into four groups. One group, nobody meets anybody. One group has has you in it, and, and you meet all the people in that group, <clears throat> I, I think. No, we all, yeah. Everybody meets you. Me. Everybody meets you, okay. And the other one has you in it, and everybody meets you. Yeah. And then one group, people just sort of meet as they want. Mm-hmm. Was that the idea? Yes.
4: Now, if everything is the same, and we're assuming that there is someone like Ben yeah. who is the <laughs> character, if we're resetting the game, could that be a different
2: person? Or are you yeah. saying it would be essentially uh,
4: the
1: same? I'm just saying the conditions, the conditions are the same at the beginning as they were the same the last time.
2: What do you mean by conditions? <laughs> 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 the game. Game. <laughs>
4: the code behind the
2: game. <laughs> 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 that that <laughs> if everybody
1: if everybody did the same exact things as they did the first time, it would come out the same way.
2: We could write <laughs> but we don't know if we met But the, them but the, the overlapping in those orders is very,
1: it's very hard to actually, uh, you can do that for any one person, but to do that for the group collectively is very hard.
2: And also we don't know if we met them or if they were.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you wanna do the four groups thing? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So maybe, maybe this group, like a group over here doesn't meet anybody. This is group one. And then, and then you're in group two. Um, and you're in group three, and then group four is just doing business as usual. So people should spread themselves out because I didn't do this very well. So some people there in the back corner should come over here and meet people. But we'll have one group over here that's going to be meeting nobody. One group back there that's meeting Ben. One group over there that's meeting you. And one group over here that's just sort of playing with each other.
3: I will reset it
1: when you're when you're when you're in place. I will reset it.
3: So, yeah, business as usual
1: needs some more participants. Business as usual needs a few more people over here if possible. Do we continue or log out? Uh, You don't don't need to do anything. I will do it. So you should see see your game is paused now if everything's right.
2: Everybody should see paused.
1: Okay. And I'm going to make a new game. New game. Replay. And everybody ready? And we're be running. All right. So what did we learn this time? So we learned that it wasn't
4: Ben's fault. Yeah. Yes. Now we still don't know if I'm. That we could have more
2: than one survivor.
1: Oops. Hang on a second. I lost it's my.
2: Definitely contagious. Was not.
4: No, but it's not singly contagious, right? Because two people have met people from the group that showed. But
3: it is definitely contagious.
4: Right, but you all met, you all met each other, right? There was, there was so, just oh, got got sick, so time, you right? just got, oh. time, oh, okay. Um, so maybe you were, the carrier
1: was in
2: your group? So time, well, just, no, she's,
4: she's time, because
1: you just got sick and it was a bit a while since you met anybody, yeah. right? Yeah. You said something back there, I'm sorry, I missed it. Time. Okay. Uh, there were some, uh, uh,
4: so, you, did you meet anyone prior to meeting people in that group?
3: No. Okay, just, that's just. One. One. Yeah, so she um, just yeah. met me. I just met him. And the first one that dropped sick on the Oh, wait,
4: it's a two minute time so delay? I, I also two was, minute time I, I, delay? How do you. Because there was an original um, two minutes before said, that whole group was oh.
3: sick,
1: and then there was two minutes from when she met to when she got sick. So there's a two minute time delay. Uh, you go take a more? No, I'm I am trying didn't, to get my cursor here. i okay, not, not an Asian. Two minute delay. I I well, well, I heard something about asymptomatic carrier. Someone said asymptomatic carrier. <laughs> so
4: we tested Ernesto to see if he was like a typhoid Mary that he was an asymptomatic carrier, right? Like where like he like yep. it's possible that he is carrying the disease but not you know displaying it. Um, and uh, the answer I think was no because I was healthy um, and I met Ernesto, and did not. Yeah, uh, and I did not get. At any time, and I did it before
2: you did. Mm-hmm. So that means that the person who gave the disease to you is not. I'm glad it wasn't
1: Ben's fault. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just typing up what people. These are not these are not my my. These are just my notes of what I'm hearing. I'm not sort of weighing in on any of these things.
4: Not that anyone in this room, who has zero meetings in this room, oh, yes. <laughs> one of the people who has zero meetings meet one of the people. Just one. I'm trying to figure out if it's an N or a single. But not
1: her? No, well, we I see. Like, know. that. there's some sort of combination, maybe, it's required? Like, right, you need to so meet I some know. combination of an two an people? We'll OK. Multiple
4: interactions. That's what I'm trying, to do. <coughs> <coughs> I'm trying to prove. Should we time it? But now we have to wait to do do two minutes. I don't think it's
1: time. You don't think it's time? Wait. I
2: think. Well,
1: but she got sick. She got sick. I mean, we I know there was some time.
2: I think time is part of the Game. I don't think it would, like, determines whether you get sick or not. Okay. What we could do is repeat what she did. First she met me and then she met her. So somebody who hasn't met anybody could meet me and then her and see, this it repeats itself. Okay. So does anybody that, sure. that's so So first meet me and then you met her. You still have an hypothesis that meeting and being met are different I from each other. From you, you meet me. It's because she met me. That, like,
1: he wants to replicate I mean, the... Not, I mean, did, yeah. you,
2: did you meet the sick person, or did they meet you? I met mean, the sick person. Okay. I don't think they meet is MET, right. because yeah. I okay. tested oh, Well, now, And now you have... No, 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 she has to meet her. Meet her? Meet her, yeah. Because you meet her. Yeah, wait, but then that would be we know what I think I should wait... What'd you say? Wait, she doesn't Kelly should share that library with What'd you say? i don't think meet versus MET, because I only... Um, meeting people and other people in my little corner really like we've met people and if we have
1: all got there. Okay, so meeting meeting being met seems to be uh, Seems to seems to be uh just a red herring. only been
4: one
1: so at this point, what what how would someone describe what's going on here? Well, like, how, how, why did some people get sick and not others? Why did some people get sick and not others? What's, what's, how does this system work? Yes. This is, sorry.
4: Yep. This is the basic scientific process, right? You observe a phenomenon. You formulate hypotheses. You test your hypotheses. This is no more confusing than any other science problem. <laughs> and so, have, have we. Not have this worse. Gap better than some problem sets, I see. Have we. Ha, oh. I just got sick. You just got oh. sick. Two minutes? Two minutes. Oh. Yes. Okay, so there goes was, was the, that, that the multiple. That disproves the multiple hypothesis. So it was an individual. It's so only one. You met just one person, that person, right? Yeah. After two minutes. So that's, 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 the, that's the transmit. What we don't know is what initiates it.
2: I think yeah. we might be able to all agree that you have to meet someone in order to get sick.
1: You have to meet someone in order to get sick, and it seems like if you meet somebody who's sick, about two minutes later, you get sick. But if I, I, I've,
2: I've met people that were sick. Except for you. <laughs> That's right. It's because I'm a redhead. We <laughs> have the iPod. Did you write that, down?
1: Okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> called the redhead. hypothesis. Red <laughs> <head. laughs> <laughs> 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 okay. It's like the red queen hypothesis. and Anybody know that one? It's like that.
4: Anyone, from the, anyone else from the first round who did not get sick?
2: No. No. Everyone, everyone else from the first round got oh, sick. Just
4: yeah. Accepted. And there was no other. Mm-hmm. And there were no other red. Yeah, we've already tested the redhead thing. No. Okay, so without a second, without a second, case, I can't test that. What? Yeah, did we had another red?
2: So I think the question is, who is our patient?
1: What's what does that mean? Explain that term.
3: Okay, so who is the first person to get sick? It had to have been somebody over in that corner. Liz was the one there. Okay, so Liz yeah. is our
1: patient zero. And I can't do it. Who was the first person? You were. Me. Okay. But we
2: all got sick. But I already scanned Liz, and I have got. Also, relatively two, so,
1: so, no after so
2: six. It could also be possible Six
1: that sickness minutes? only appears after a meeting takes place. Yes, yeah, After a like, meeting,
4: and then
2: another one, and then it pops
1: up. Like, well, like it could no, be I that just one it. it could be that even if you were the first one to get sick, if you met zero people, then it could be that you would never get
2: sick. Yeah. We don't know. Like, yeah, that's hard to yep. test. The disease to appear needs to have like a set of number of meetings to happen. Like. Yeah. Start. So right. somebody eventually would with, cut the, the virus if, the, if there is a certain amount of
1: meetings. A certain amount of meetings, total. Yeah. Right. I see. So there's some when the system has a certain amount of meetings total, that's when someone will get sick.
2: Yeah. And I if see. somebody so I get who, who so gets in those meetings, right?
1: Okay. So I'm going to write that down. Total meetings. I
4: met six. Did they... Person who was initially sick after they got sick or before? Before, before. we all met everyone before. But it's so it you're contagious be before you're sick. Right. No. This is more well,
3: that's at least You to could to already have bias been
0: know. So mm-hmm. it has to be this. Oh, oh, yeah. but we can test
2: this, right? So um, we can have somebody talk to a sick person, um, and then have them meet somebody else before the two-minute. Up, uh, is up, right? so they uh, that, that. Right. maybe they get and then they just
3: send off um, I would try to figure out if
1: you're contagious while you're not presenting Right, so the idea if I'm, if I'm right, or so otherwise
4: you know, the whole group wouldn't have gotten sick essentially simultaneously
1: well there's that, there was the hypothesis that something that the whole total numbers in the, in the system total meetings in the system is what sparked it so after there were 15 total meetings maybe right after so
4: reset it seems to do
1: that one you'd have to reset, but you could you could sort of see whether someone can someone can meet so if you have two not sick people now, uh, one person meets a sick person, and then what, that person then meets the other not sick person immediately, right. and you could see if it passes that way.
0: Yes. Sure. I'm 99% certain that
4: will happen.
1: You think that will happen?
0: Well, this is for the patient zero. It sounds like the first. Did oh, the really experiment just they they met?
1: Unless it's, you're assuming that there's a patient zero, right? Which we still will not we still haven't proven that yet.
2: Right. I say everybody beats me, me until I get. Sick. Well, I'll see to see if I get. So sick. I, I, think we can prove the total meetings uh, hypothesis. if All the people that didn't meet anyone to start meeting each, each other, all the, health, all all the, the healthy, people, people that
1: all the healthy people should meet should meet each other and no, get their no, meetings no, up. Not, not,
2: no, not no, no, no the healthy people. All the people that
1: didn't meet anyone. Yeah. All the people didn't meet anybody. I yeah.
2: see. The that were there, con- okay. The cultural group should meet.
1: Just within the control group.
2: group. Yeah. And see if the, if the okay. okay. What if that would be the same what happened? No, no,
1: but you, the antisocialists,
2: haven't, group group haven't group. met anyone within that sort of group to see if one of them is a carrier. Well, it then, right? It's possible yeah. that then wasn't there. Well, that's there, what
1: we did. Uh, if... If I give you one more chance to restart this.
4: Yep. Yep.
1: And, and if you and if you leave and nobody gets sick, then we know. <laughs> so I'm going to give you. i give you one more chance to restart. we we'll, we'll, and we will we'll wrap up fairly soon. Uh, yeah. Yeah, is there something that you could test in this new round that has not been tested yet?
3: Or even with our
4: leftover.
1: Or yeah, I don't have to reset it if you don't want. If you want, if you want to just spend five more minutes doing these experiments.
2: Or do we have hypotheses that um, we could do where one person meets one other person, one person meets two people,
4: one person meets three people? Actually, okay. Since so I'm not going to be here, what <laughs> I would do is have nobody meet for the first like two and a half minutes, since we've re, we've well established that that it's a two-minute infection time, right? Oh, if you don't reset, yeah, that doesn't help you. If you do reset, though, and nobody meets for the first two minutes, see if someone pops up. OK. But that requires a reset. Yep. To two minutes for that's...
1: Does, it, does anybody want to try that? Does anybody want to try something different? So so we have a couple ideas. One is the control group meets, one is we reset, wait 2 minutes, and then people start meeting each other. Uh, any other any other things people want? Oh there was the idea of someone just trying to meet a healthy person meeting a sick person trying to meet another healthy person see if they passed immediately. That's
4: only have the these two is the two, two, minutes 2 minutes delay. Right? Didn't, because, didn't we already prove that anybody who meets her gets sick? Your suggestion six? was a really good one. We don't wait two we did. Your suggestion.
1: We'll, you have it? With our
3: out group. group. Meet, yeah, right, but didn't meet her as statistics. Right. She got sick. So, it's she can along. Yeah. I think we already already anybody want to advocate
1: for any any particular intervention at this point?
0: We could try anyone meet a sick person and not become sick? Yeah, that's our that's our But you met the sick person, you got sick. So maybe
2: it's a person We could test the two things without having to be said. Right? But you could uh
0: the control group and then test having like a, a non sick person meet a sick
1: person and meet a non-sick person to see other Okay, people. let's do those two things. So people who, in the control group who who didn't meet anybody, that wasn't on the control group. That was the, was a sp- specific intervention group of nobody meet anybody. Those That group should get together, meet each other. No, but that would be the
2: same thing. But that would be the, the same thing that happened here because they were just meeting each other. Yeah. That's what they yeah. the thing that that would prove is whether or not Liz is the only patient zero or if there is, mm-hmm. um, like, if by meeting another,
1: somebody will automatically trigger getting sick. Maybe. Okay, so let's do that. Control, the not control. The, the non-meeting group should get together and meet each other. Are there, are there two other people who are not sick who are not in the non-meeting group? Everybody else is sick? Two people over there? Okay, so maybe you guys want to meet a sick person. One of you should meet a sick person and then meet the other person to see if you can then pass it to them without being sick. Well, it's, at this point, we have a, a sort of a relatively small number of possible possibilities, so one, just one of you meet a sick person, then meet the other one and see if you can pass in yeah.
0: it.
2: Yeah, what'd you say?
1: Like 10 yeah, yeah, so after this, after this, I'll wrap up. I don't
2: get
1: I have to go to another class. <laughs> <laughs> And while while we're waiting for this, we'll do a little quick debrief. Once you've done your meeting, sit sit back down, we'll do a debrief.
2: I'm in that group, but I didn't meet anybody because I met him. Okay. So if I'm the only person who doesn't sit Okay, got it. Yeah. Group, okay, Okay. Can you yeah.
3: uh,
1: so while while these while these meetings are happening, um, so I gave my I gave my initial definitions of what a game was, and one of those things was that there there should be a goal or goals. What is the what is the goal of this game?
3: Figure out the mechanics. Yeah, yeah, like figure, figure out who's
1: the, the figure out who the carrier of viruses. Yeah. Figure out
3: how we get sick. Figure out how you get,
1: yeah, sick.
2: How you get sick. Yeah, we, try not to <laughs> cry. Try not to. Try not to cry. Okay. Try not
1: to, cry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to get kids to stop going to school
1: when they're sick. <laughs> so it's right there could there could be there could be sort of health implications. Other other goals that people can think of. To teach scientific methods. so that's sort of a meta goal—not as a player, but as me, as designer. You're Daisy, right? Yeah. So what happened? Nobody said to meet as many people as, as possible without getting sick, but that was the goal. I told you.
2: <laughs> no, you just said that. It, I don't think you told
1: us that. At the, at the beginning, I said you're in the first round. Meet as many people as possible without getting sick.
2: Yeah. But
1: nobody said that was the goal. Now. No,
2: it's, it's, it's I don't people. remember. <laughs> We
3: did somebody, know that
1: we you did. I'm not yeah, saying. I'm not saying you didn't do that then. I'm saying that right now, when I ask the question, nobody said that was the yeah. goal. Yeah, because that's I by said, design. I said.
3: <laughs> I said, I'm sick. And people say, okay. Yeah. So,
1: so it's by design. The idea is that, that I give you that prompt because without that prompt, if I said your goal is to experiment and understand what's going on here, what would you like? You wouldn't know where to begin. So the idea is, I give people that prompt to sort of say, meet as many people as possible without getting sick, because it's it's an easy to define goal, it's a way to get you familiar with a system, and and then from there, then the hypotheses start to flow. If I ask you initially, what are your hypotheses about this system? You'd say, I have no idea, I haven't done anything with this system. And it's, and we are, it's, the, our meta goal is really, a, it's, it's there, is some people, there are some people who use this to understand viruses and disease and epidemiology. We've done this with School of Public Health, et cetera. Um, but for the most part, it's really about um understanding scientific method. And one of the parts of that is really the, that the first thing you do is not come up with a hypothesis. The first thing you do is sort of experiment and play with the system and get an understanding of what it is and how it works. And then you can create hypotheses. That's the goal here. Um, so any, anybody get sick from this little experiment here? You got sick, you both got sick. So it seems like you can pass it without, um, without, getting, uh, without showing symptoms. So you can be asymptomatic and pass it along. All right, so now now I'll do a, little, a bit of a reveal. Um, so if anybody had a guess who patient zero is, who would, who would you guess at this point? Liz? Anybody have any other guesses as to who it is? It's not Liz. <laughs> But there is a patient zero. Was it somebody in that
3: group?
1: It was somebody in that group. You weren't unjustly accused, of it. <laughs> it's not you. It's Andrew.
3: <laughs>
1: I didn't hear that. I didn't hear anybody guessing it, so I just said it. Um, so uh, the way it works, so patient zero has a slightly longer incubation time than everybody else. So um, typically, what happens is you meet people relatively quickly. Patient zero has something like a two and a half minute incubation period, or three minutes, something like that. So after they meet, the next you, you correctly have identified it's a two minute incubation period after you meet somebody who's sick, or or at least um, uh, has the disease. Uh, but because patient zero has a longer incubation period, typically other people have show earlier symptoms of it. If you do the thing where you wait two minutes at the beginning. Or something like that, you'll will see patient zero appear very pretty quickly. So yeah, but you have to wait three minutes. If you wait two minutes and meet patient zero, won't appear yet. They'll meet somebody, and then patient zero will show very quickly after that. And then that's a really interesting thing because you get this really spurious data point that sort of makes people think things happened that didn't actually happen, which is really interesting. Um, Redheads are immune.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So. There were,
1: there were two redheads, but one of them left, so, so it's very hard to figure that out without another one. Um, it's a probabilistic, so when we start the game, it randomly chooses, it's, everybody has a 10% probability of being, of being uh, immune. Um, we had a group of roughly 40, so it should've been about four, but we only drew two, and one of them left, so we only had one. Um, there is, I think in this version, let's see, um, uh, yeah, you actually, so there's, a, there's only a 90% chance that you pass it along each time. And that's adjustable, the teacher can adjust that. So in theory, you could actually meet somebody and be sick and not, and not pass it. Um, but for the, you don't you typically see that um, uh, because people were doing lots of meetings. In this last kind of thing where you were just meeting one person, you will see that sometimes. Um, but 90% is pretty high probability, so you won't, won't, won't always see it. Um, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much the rules of the game. Um, yes? Immediate, it's, so you could, if you meet somebody, you're immediately infectious, you just, it just takes two minutes to show symptoms. And uh, some people also ask if you ever recover, and in this version you never recover, so you're, you're, always, you're always sick. I tried saving people.
2: Yeah. I tried saving people.
1: Um, we have done versions where you can recover. That gets really. It's, there's a lot more. So then you go. Well, are you immune after you recover, or Are you immune for some time after you recover? So the, it gets the system gets pretty complex after that. Yeah.
2: Does, can the immune person pass the disease?
1: Good question. You, the immune person cannot pass and the I, disease. i
2: met him, and he had met somebody with the disease, and I'm still
1: not. Yeah. I'm yeah. So, and there is we've we've uh, we currently don't have it built in the system, but we've had previous versions of this kind of thing where the immune person. Um, while they will never show symptoms, they can actually pass it along to other people. Yep, carrier. And I think it was really good. Like so, um, oftentimes, it's sort of, certainly with a group of adults, um, people will bring in language that's that's very specific to the domain. I talked about semiotic domain, so people will bring in language that's relevant. In a, in a class, when I do this with middle school kids, they start making up their own words. Some of the some things they'll know, like immune, they've probably heard that before. Um, The idea of patient zero, most of them will not have heard before, so they'll make up their own terms for that. And then the idea is that it doesn't need to be, it needs to be precise and agreed upon. It doesn't need to be the sort of formally accepted in the field. Again, my goal is to teach scientific method. It's not to teach things about epidemiology in most cases. If someone wants to teach something about epidemiology, they might say, when that idea gets introduced, they might say, oh, that's called patient zero. Let's talk about it with that term. So in the closing minute, uh, any, any questions? I'm also happy to stick around for a few minutes at the end before I have to run to my other class. Yes? So um, so a little bit of history on this. Um, the, so these games have existed roughly, so the original origin of this particular one is, there's an analog version of this one. The idea is um, you have test tubes, and in the test tubes is a clear liquid. Everybody has an eyedropper. Uh, and in, some of the, in, in one of the tubes is a weak acid, um, and so in a few of the test tubes, there's a buffer. Uh, and the idea is when you meet somebody, so this is, it gets, this gets the, the kind of disease you talk about when this is pretty, uh, narrows it pretty quickly. So the idea is you take one of your drops and put it in somebody else's test tube. Um, so people typically think about that as an STD. Um, so, and, then, and then you can use a, uh, an indicator, a pH indicator, to see whether you're acidic or not. And if you're acidic, then you are sick. And if you're not, then... Um, and then you can dump it out and try again. Um, it's a little bit hard to do that, to, to repeat this experiment, and that one you typically just run it once. So that was the original version, and that, that's existed for decades. Um, one of my colleagues, a woman who did her PhD here at the Media Lab invented an original version of this one that was using these sort of wearable computers from Mitch Resnick's lab, uh, and, and you play it with, so this was in the late 1990s, and you sort of did this with these wearable computers that you had. Uh, and then we did it, we've done it on sort of many versions uh, since then. This one we're working on with some ops to make this something that we can give away to teachers. Uh, amongst all those different versions, I've done it with kids as young as fourth grade, and I have done it with, uh, we've done a couple uh, classes with the School Public Health Master's students at Harvard, so, um, and 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 lots of teachers and everywhere in between. That, like, the, I mean, the way I, it's important the way you facilitate it, what information you give away and don't give away. Um, so with fourth graders, I might do it a little bit differently than I did with, with you guys or where I might do it with uh, 12th graders. Other questions? Uh, the thing about when the game ends and the are the objectives
2: is
1: Yeah, so, um, so as, 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 uh, as we said, so I think the, the original prompt of meeting as people, meeting as many people as possible without getting sick is really just to get you started. And the idea is I pretty much have a goal in mind. My goal is to sort of have you um, form ideas for experiments and perform those experiments, but my goal is to motivate you to, to make that your goal. So I don't want to set that as your goal, but my goal is to motivate you to want to have experiments and learn how the system works. So my goal is to sort of get you to the point where, you're, where, where when I ask you what your goal is, you say, my goal is to learn how the system works. Um, and, and then you can think about all the different metrics that you sort of have to gauge how you're doing. Now that's that's a collective goal. So at, you, we lose our individual goals pretty quickly. And that's true of, of, uh, of pretty much all the PSIMS games. The idea is that they, um, uh, they're meant to be something where, you, where you, the goals are collective. And sometimes, some of the games are actually specifically about um, collective phenomena. Um, so we have another one on the Tragedy of the Commons, um, which we just played with CMS100 the other day. Um, And so that's a game specifically about the collective. Uh, But in that one, the CMS 100 students were pretty competitive, so. (laughs) And we have uh, one of the Europe said, the the middle school students seem to be really socialist and these guys seem to be really capitalist, so. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Did you deliberately pick this as the group that everyone meets each other because you knew Andrew was
1: (laughs) So, uh, I, I, I didn't do that but I did specifically not choose Andrew in the group that didn't meet anybody because okay. I knew that that would c- c- come out pretty quickly. So I did, I did uh, play that a little bit um, to my advantage. <laughs> <laughs> I do, so picking patient zero is important. And so uh, you typically pick someone who you know uh, so that, and you have a feeling that they'll get around and sort of meet other people, um, so. Uh, and we, uh, the, I, someone I can, if anybody's interested, I can show you the teacher dashboard. The teacher dashboard gives you all sorts of indications because um, of patient zero, decide, we, we, over the summer we played this with a group of about 50 adults that came to campus, they were school administrators. Um, and patient, the guy who I said, I didn't know any of them, so I said this guy as patient zero, he seems like a social guy, and, and then he, like, he immediately like puts his phone down and starts checking his email. <laughs> <laughs> And so then we we didn't we didn't know that until it was too late um, and uh, and then nobody gets sick and then you're like okay what do we do now uh, so um, so now we have indicators of patient zero sort of like goes a wall that and the teacher gets an alert <laughs> but Andrew didn't do that all right thanks everybody for coming uh, again I'm happy to stick around for a few minutes if anybody has any questions. Thank you.